Hello, and welcome to Sounds from the Shadows, a podcast about folklore, storytelling, and fairy tales. I'm Emily Collins, and as you can probably hear, I'm again joined by the dogs. Today I'm going to be telling a story that has already been told on the podcast, way, way back in the mists of time, way back in episode two, which I think was on Stepmothers, a favourite villain of the fairy tale. The story is one of my favourites, and one that I regularly tell to children, despite the fact that it's a very, very dark fairy tale. I give you the juniper tree. Once upon a time, there was a man and a woman who lived together. They were very happy, except for one thing. They had no children. They tried and they tried for many years, but nothing seemed to work. In their garden, there was a juniper tree. One day, the woman sat beneath the juniper tree and said out loud, Oh, I wish, I wish I had a child. And sometimes when you speak your wish out loud, something might hear it. A berry from the juniper tree fell down and landed in the woman's mouth. She swallowed it, but rather than going down into her stomach, it took a slight detour, and in her belly something began to grow. When she discovered that she was with child, she told her husband and the two of them were delighted. But as the babe within her grew bigger and stronger, she herself began to grow weaker and weaker, until at last she knew that she would not live long after this baby was born. She went to her husband and begged him that after she was dead, he would remarry. She didn't want her child to grow up without a mother. She asked him to find a woman who had a child but no husband, so that he could be a father to this child, and that that woman could be a mother to hers. Not long after she gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, the woman died. And though the man was full of sorrow for the loss of his wife, he was overjoyed with love for his baby son. And just as he had promised his wife, he began to look about the village for a woman who had a child but no husband. Living in the village, there was a widow who had a daughter, and the man soon proposed marriage to her. The widow and her daughter came to live in the man's house, and the man loved the widow's daughter just as much as he loved his own son. But as the two children grew, the widow, now the stepmother, began to become jealous of the little boy. She was convinced that the man could not really love both children equally. He must prefer his own son, deep in his heart. And when it came time to divide his fortune and give out his inheritance, well, surely he would give everything to his son and leave nothing for her or her daughter. And so, she devised a plan. In the kitchen of the house, there was a large wooden chest with a heavy lid where the family would store the autumn apples. One day, the stepmother called to her stepson to come inside. She said he had been such a good boy that he could go get himself a treat. He could choose any apple he wanted out of the chest. The stepmother lifted up the heavy lid so that the little boy could look deep inside. Look deeper. The sweetest apples are at the bottom. And as the boy craned over the side of the chest, she slammed the lid down, breaking his neck. She then picked up the boy's lifeless body, sat it in a chair, and wrapped a scarf around his neck, closed his eyes, 
and waited. When it was time for lunch, she called to her daughter. Daughter, come inside and call your brother. The little girl went up to where she thought her brother was sleeping and called him, but he didn't move. She called again louder, but he didn't stir. She shook him hard, and as she shook him, the scarf fell from his neck, his head flopped forward, and she saw that he was dead. She ran to her mother, crying, Mother, mother, I I shook my brother to try to wake him up, and I think I shook him too hard, for his neck is broken and he is dead. Oh, that is a terrible thing. We cannot let anyone know what you've done. They will think that you killed your stepbrother out of jealousy. Come, help me take his body into the kitchen. We will cut him up and cook him up, and then tonight we will eat him up. No one will ever find the body, and that way no one will ever know what you've done to your stepbrother. And so the little girl helped her stepmother take the boy's body into the kitchen. They cut him up, stripped the flesh from the bones, and the stepmother began to boil it up, preparing to make sausages. There was no need to add any salt, for as they worked, the little girl's tears fell deep into the pot. While her mother was busy stirring and simmering, the girl took her brother's bones, wrapped them in her best silk handkerchief, took them out into the garden and buried them beneath the juniper tree. That evening, when the man came home from work, he remarked on the wonderful smell coming from the kitchen. He then called for his children to come to him. His daughter came. He wrapped his arms around her in a hug, but saw that her face was pale and grey. He asked her what was wrong, but she wouldn't speak. He called for his son, but his son didn't come. Then the stepmother came out. Oh, it's so awful. He has run away. That little boy has run away. The circus was passing through town and he has run away to join the circus. The man assumed that this was why his daughter's face was so grave. And though he missed his son dearly, his son had always wanted to join the circus and he was at least glad that his son was pursuing his dream. That night, the three of them sat down to a dinner of sausages, and the man remarked on how sweet and tasty and juicy the meat was, but the little girl ate none of it. That night, the family went to bed. The little girl crept out to the juniper tree and cried over the spot where she had buried the bones of her brother, and then she too went up to bed. Now, high in the branches of that juniper tree, there was a nest, and for many years this nest had lain empty. But that night, there was something in the nest, and when dawn broke, the creature in the nest hatched. It was a beautiful bird. It stretched out its wings. It flapped them once, twice, three times, and took off into the sky. It flew to the home of a cobbler. It sat outside the cobbler's shop, settled its feathers and began to sing. My stepmother cut off my head, my body to my father fed, my sister laid me beneath a tree. Now my soul is flying free. The cobbler heard the bird singing while he was at breakfast. He ran outside and cried, Bird, bird, beautiful bird, sing me your song again and I will give you anything you desire. The bird asked for the pair of beautiful little shoes in the cobbler's window. 
The cobbler gladly got the shoes. The bird held out one talon and picked up the shoes. Again it sang its song, then flapped its wings once, twice, three times, and flew off. It flew to the house of the Lord Mayor, where the Lord Mayor was sitting in the garden enjoying his coffee. The bird sat on a tree, settled its feathers, and began to sing. My stepmother cut off my head, my body to my the Lord Mayor listened entranced to the bird's song. Bird, bird, beautiful bird, sing me that song again and I will give you anything that you might ask for. The bird asked for the Lord Mayor's golden chain. The Lord Mayor gladly took the chain off, handed it up to the bird who took it in its talons, then flapped its wings once, twice, three times and took off. It flew to the stonemason's yard, where the stonemason and his men were busy working away making a mill wheel. The bird settled itself down and began to sing. My stepmother cut off my head. The stonemason and his men put down their tools. They listened entranced to the bird's beautiful songs. When the bird had sung the last note, they all cried up to it, Bird, bird! Beautiful bird, oh, your song is so sweet and so sad. Sing it to us again and we will give you anything you might ask for. The bird. Well, the bird asked for the wheel of stone, the grindstone they had been working on. They gladly lifted it up. The bird stuck out its head and they placed it round its neck like a ruff. The bird then flapped its wings once, twice, three times and took off, flying back to the garden of the man, the stepmother, and the little girl. The bird sat itself in the juniper tree, settled its feathers, and began to sing. It sung so loud that the three inhabitants of the house came out to hear it. My stepmother cut off my head. The bird dropped the beautiful little shoes at the feet of the little girl. My body to my father It dropped the golden chain around the neck of the man. My sister laid me beneath the tree. The stepmother, who had paid no attention to the words the bird sung, called out, Bird, what gift do you have for me? And the bird dropped the heavy grindstone on her head. Now my soul is flying free. The bird then flew down from the juniper tree and sat upon the shoulder of the man. And the man, the little girl and the bird went back into the house and lived happily ever after. And I hope you enjoyed that story. I've just noticed now that in the background Squire was eviscerating a Christmas gnome. It was a sort of Christmas gnome dog chew toy thing. And Squire is letting me know his feelings that it is now past Christmas and we should be taking down the decorations by thoroughly destroying this. I'd got him another uh, toy. It was like a cracker shaped, but it was a squeaky toy. And within about two hours of him having it, he had managed to tear it open and take out the squeaker, which actually we were all quite relieved by. As I said at the beginning of the episode, 
This is a story that has been told on the podcast before, I think episode two, Stepmothers, but it's a story that I really, really enjoy. I first heard it years and years and years ago at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I can't remember the name of the people who did the show, but it was a storytelling show set up in sort of the form of a feast, first course, second course, third course, and they were all grim stories and they all had a slight element of cruelty, cannibalism, the sort of dark things you would expect from a Grimm's fairy tale. Grim by name, Grim by nature. And it is a very dark story. There's jealousy, there's murder, there's child abuse, there's cannibalism, but there's also justice, truth, resurrection and love in the story. I think of it as the the little... Squire, would you stop snoring? The little girl's love for her brother when she buries his bones and weeps over them. I think that is the magic that brings the bird, who, in my mind, is the resurrection of the boy. The boy's spirit takes the form of the bird. And even though it is a very dark story, and a story that doesn't paint step-parents in the best of lights, it is a story that I still tell to children, uh, children as young as five, six, seven, and they very much seem to enjoy listening to it. And they'll sometimes ask me to tell it again. I think there's two parts to this. I think there's, firstly, children, or anyone really, I think enjoys hearing a story told. There's something magic about storytelling. Uh, As I heard a storyteller tell it, it's hearing a story mouth to ear, eye to eye, heart to heart. There's a, a very strong human connection there. And it's something that you, unfortunately, it's you only get it Or maybe fortunately, you only get it when you're, well, as it says, eye to eye, heart to heart, when you're there in the same place as the other person, when you're sharing the space, sharing the story together. You can't get the same connection through, even though we've got all these wonderful information technologies, you don't get the same through an iPad, through a laptop, through a podcast, as you do when you are with someone telling them a story. And I think children in particular, because they've, they've been through this pandemic, they've had so much of their interaction having to be mediated through a form of technology. Uh, they've had their teachers and their friends and their grandparents and their family members all through Zoom when they couldn't see them in person. They're extremely computer literate. They can do things with an iPad that I can only, I can't even dream of. And that is amazing and that is fantastic but they might not be getting as many chances to connect eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart connection in person as they they might like. And there is is some very special connection when you're sharing a story with someone in the same space. I know my my parents, they told me stories that they made up. My dad told baby wolf stories. And my mum told stories about Super Sabine and Muddling Michael. And they read to me. They read to me a lot. And there was just a very special connection in that. We have a great picture of my dad reading to me and my siblings and some of my cousins as well who were older and just happened, it was over the summer, we had a cottage that we used to go down to in the summer during Wicklow and there'd be, there'd be a bunch of kids of various ages all milling around and my dad started reading to one of my siblings, I can't remember who, but then just slowly all of the children were drawn to the story and we were sort of gathered around him and someone had a camera and got a picture of it. So I think there's, there's this thing about telling stories to children and telling stories to adults, telling stories to anyone, connecting in real space, in real time, through story. And, and the, I could go on waffling about that for a long time. 
But the other thing I think the children particularly enjoy is it's a dark story. And sometimes when I'm telling a story, I will mediate or navigate the darkness in a certain way or not bring up certain topics. In this story, I don't cut out the cannibalism. I don't cut out the murder. And they seem to appreciate that, that they are being respected with these mature topics. And there's a whole theory, um, Bruna Bethlehem, Use of Enchantment, about why children need fairy tales with these dark elements in it, that they can sort of help them navigate real-life issues and real-world problems that they might be experiencing through the use of story, and that, that the use of story and the finding the happy ever after and the resolution of the story can help ease some of their real-world anxieties. And Bethlehem is a slightly controversial figure in some regards, but I do think he has a point in this that children do need to navigate through the dark parts of the stories and there can be comfort sometimes in a story that contains darkness but then there is a resolution. There's also the fact that young children they know what death is, they know death is a thing but the finality of death they ha- that hasn't quite they don't quite understand that. And I think that's sometimes why particularly fairy tales and stories for children they can contain very, very dark elements. I mean, I think nearly every Disney film starts with the death of a parent. But because their understanding of death and the finality of death is different, they comprehend it at a different level. And well, I've slightly lost the train of thought where I was going for. But yes, I think children, they, they do enjoy being introduced to this darkness and being respected that they can be introduced to it and they can navigate it in their own way especially when there is a happy ever after at the end. And if that happy ever after comes with the good being rewarded and the bad being punished, I mean, punished quite violently, all the better. But I think I've gone on enough of a tangent. Thank you for listening to me. I hope you've enjoyed the story. The snoring dogs send their regards. If you'd like to hear this story as told by Shannon, and listen to some of the Shadow Girls discussing stories with stepmothers, you can go all the way back to episode two. It's from four years ago. Seems both so long ago and like it was only yesterday. But yes, you can hear that story and hear discussion about stepmothers in episode two. I'll put a link in the episode description. In the episode description, you can also find the various social medias and all that jazz if you'd like to get in contact. I'd love to hear from you and a very happy new year. Thank you.